Boom, here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. Today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Restive Nation, who has a new EP called Lucidum, which is released on June 12th. Right now, I'm being joined by Timmy to share some more information about what Restive Nation has been doing, what they've got going on. We're going to chat about a couple of tracks here. So, Timmy, welcome to the show. Hello, John. Thank you so much for having me, man. This is awesome. Absolutely. Great to have you on. On, and then we can immediately start talking about being in a coma. So I think it's, <laughs> I think it's great. Um, but it looks like one of the the lead tracks here, or one of the main focus tracks, is a, a track called "Coma." Uh, though it is a pretty active track. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a head bobber. So take us through this track. What is this track about? What kind of a coma are we talking about? Because I was listening a bit to the lyrics, and it seems like there might it be some deeper meaning to this song yeah so like uh coma it's um as you said it's a it's a head bobber i like that i'm gonna remember that and i'm gonna use that in the future uh in ireland we like to say it's a banger do you guys have that over there uh it's I, a banger. You, oddly enough i hear it a lot from europeans will be like yeah this is a banger ah, yeah yes yeah so it's a banger which basically means it's like a high energy really beaty really really kind of get you going and it's like uh it's kind of one of our like for us as musicians it was a huge kind of leap in our um in our writing evolution you know and it was one of those songs that just it basically wrote itself you know we didn't have to put too much effort into it and the 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 mastermind behind the track is Chris, who's like the guitarist and he does some kind of synth work in the band as well. And he just kind of came up with a little riff at the start. And then 10 minutes later, he had a full song. So those ones are always the keepers. Those ones are always the best. The ones that seem to kind of, they seemingly write themselves. So rest of nation, we don't, we're very, very different. We don't do things conventionally at all. And traditionally in the band, we uh, always worked with guest vocalists. So every single song that we have put out in the past actually has a different vocalist on the track. OK, so when this one, when we when we finished this, when we did a demo for this track, Coma, we knew there was only one man for the job. And that's a man called Tony Carberry. And Tony is an amazing all rounder vocalist. He can uh, he has these uh, amazing kind of harm, uh, harmony abilities, you know, an amazing clean kind of singing voice. And then when he wants to let rip, he can really scream his head off. And we thought he is the perfect man. He also has a great ear for for a hook as well. So we sent the song to Tony. And when we sent the song to Tony, uh, he had such a quick turnaround. He got the track and then a week later, we had it back and uh, had full vocals on it, like uh, lyrics, everything, really cool, hooky chorus. We thought, oh my God, like we're, we're onto such a winner here. Uh, and what happened was we asked him afterwards about the lyrics, what it was all about, you know, so that the kind of the chorus line is unmask the truth that you hide behind. And basically it's kind of it's just about confronting some maybe things that are going on inside you. And the mask kind of represents the mask we put on in public, you know, where everything is everything is great. Hey, I'm happy. Yay, look at me, everybody. I'm so happy. Whereas inside things aren't going so good. And it's kind of, I guess it's like, uh, it's encouragement to kind of take off the mask and confront who you really are. And then, and, you know, and reach out uh, to some people. And he wrote that song just after. So Tony, he's a huge fan of uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. And that was, so this was, he wrote that in 2017. So it would have been just after, Chester Bennington 
passed away. Um, I remember it was summer 2017, so that whole thing, it really affected him and it kind of fed into the, the whole uh, the whole lyrics of Coma then. Yeah, it, you know, the thing, Timmy, is you mentioned so many incredible things there, and, uh, you know, 2017 was a massive year for celebrity suicides. We didn't just lose Chester, yeah. unfortunately. We lost uh, Avicii that, yes. that year. We lost, uh, I'm trying to remember, this is going to sound so uh, bad. Chris Cornell was the, was the big one that affected me. Yeah, from Soundgarden, you know, and uh, that was yeah, that was so, and they were kind of close together, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. So that was yeah, it was, it was such a strange year. It was, um, and I'm also as a chef reminded of Anthony Bourdain. That was a hit to, you know, to the hey. the culinary industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and so I guess my question then is, since you mentioned you know 2017, that Tony had, had written the lyrics for this one in 2017. Now it's that it's 2020. Has this track been around for a while then? Yeah, it's been it's been around for a long time. When we wrote it in 2017, it like instantly became one of our kind of uh, one of the staples in our live set. You know, like we've uh, built a great reputation uh, for for having like a really electric live show. And when Tony's on stage, he's just an absolute ball of energy. You know, you just you're just so focused on Tony on stage. He just has this amazing presence. And it just became this thing that we kept, you know, it was always the set closer. And, um, but the thing was, the, the way we work, we're always really, really, really uh, ahead of ourselves, you know? So we had our first EP, which is called We Atrophy. It came out in 2018. So we had that recorded when we wrote Coma. So Coma kind of went into this queue. We were like, okay, well, it's not going to make the next EP, but it's going to make the EP after that. And then we actually went into the studio um, uh, at the end of yeah, at the end of 2017, and we laid down the instrumental track for Coma, and that's the one that you hear today. Like it's that actual instrumental track, and it went into a folder in our producer studio. Like every time we have a new song and and it's completely settled, we go straight into the recording studio and we lay it down, and then. When the time is right, we'll put it. We'll, we'll release it maybe as a single or as part of an EP. So Como was kicking around for a long time in the studio, and then we finally kind of went back to it in December last year, 2019, and uh, did some touch-ups and did a full mix, and uh, and we decided to have it as the as the lead single then for for Lucidum, and it was amazing. We were, we were just so lucky, like because when when this whole pandemic thing struck. We actually had the EP completely finished, so it really gave us time to focus on the on the PR aspect of, of the of the EP and like really just dedicate the time to it that that we think that it deserves, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's when Overdrive kicked into Overdrive. Yeah, go Oren. Go yes, Oren. Exactly. Yeah, they. He just like he he actually. Um, the first time we played Coma Live was was at our first EP launch and and uh, and. We just played it, and Oren was at the show, and he actually came up to the stage, and he just goes, "That's the song." He said, "Send me that, record that song, send me that song, and I'll, I'll get that out to the world." And and that's what he did. Like, by he he started doing this big uh, PR campaign about it, and like he he finally kind of put us onto more of an international platform, which has just been these these past few weeks for us have been absolutely incredible because that song is going everywhere. Like it's hitting the UK, loads of kind of good radio rotation in the UK. Then mainland Europe is the same, Canada, America. It's just, it just seems to be going everywhere. So it's really, really kind of progressing us to this next level. You know, it's, it's been amazing. Beautiful. Now, something you also mentioned, speaking of next level, is that the coma 
is a you mentioned a huge leap in writing and in the evolution of rest of nations sound or maybe you just in, in songwriting but that really is my question what about the track since it came so quickly in, in 10 minutes is an evolution for rest of nation uh so like our, our roots are very much in in prog you know uh we, we have these kind of like our earlier stuff is all this like really cool sprawling stuff that kind of builds and builds we were never really a verse chorus verse kind of a band you know um, like for us it was it's actually kind of hard for us to write that type of stuff like the you know some other people might say it's it's easier to do the verse chorus verse but we just always naturally went at it from a kind of a progressive uh, angle and then coma came along and it was just the clear cut you know thing that we could like one of the problems with this band is is that we, we always had trouble defining the band and like um and putting a label on the sound of the band it's you know from a creative point of view that's really really good because we have all of these influences going on but then from a uh from um, a marketing point of view it's really really hard to push the band out because you don't really know where to place the band but then coma came and it was this thing and it was strong and it was concise you know and it was just it just completely flowed uh it was just completely natural and it, we, it, you know the first chorus verse thing actually this one is different because it goes chorus verse chorus it actually starts with the chorus you know so even that for us like like when you look at music it's only something that was said to me a couple of weeks ago uh, someone said you know how rare it is that a song would start with the chorus and i was like no and they're like yeah they're like you know try to name one and i was like oh my god i <laughs> i can't really you know so just all of these kind of little elements and then within the track itself like we used kind of there was much different kind of like uh playing techniques you know and like the, we, we brought in this really cool kind of rip and lead synth and we were really kind of getting to grips with using ableton which is the uh the uh the kind of electronic uh platform that we use so like just all of these things coming together it was just a huge leap uh in kind of accessibility and branding for the band yeah now the other track we we're going to chat about today descent is that also exemplified by this evolution that you just described with Coma? Eh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why it's called Descent. Exactly. Oh, my God. I, yeah. You just put words on what's going on in my mind. We should talk more often, John. This is amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, no, Descent, it definitely has that proggy, has that proggy kind of feel. And it's definitely, Descent is definitely more of a kind of uh, the traditional Rest of Nation type uh, vibe going on with that one. But um, it is still probably my favorite song that we have. Like, I absolutely love playing that song live it's absolutely incredible it just has this really nice i'm a bass player so it's just got this really really tight nick groove and um and what we had to do with that song was it, it, like it's funny it's like that that whole song is built around the same three or four root notes you know so that one uh we we, we had to we couldn't let that one just write itself. You know, we had to put a lot of work into that one and uh, just make sure that dynamically it was sitting really well, you know, like, cause you, you've only got these same three or four notes. So you, so our kind of task with that one was to make sure that we did it in such a way that holds the attention of the listener. And, and I, I, I just think we, we did a really, really good job with that one, but it's very, very different process to, to what Coma was. Yeah. I mean, what my note on it actually is incredible sonic textures and that's my only note, but really in a broader sense, if I were to explain more of what I mean by that is that I know when I'm listening to a great song, because what you mentioned was you want to keep the listener's attention and I can vouch for that because 
this is gonna, I don't want to make it sound bad, but I almost kind of forgot that I was listening to the song, and then I would pop in and go, hold on a second, this song kicks ass. And then I would kind of like go back to what I was doing, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second, I'm still listening to this song. And that's ultimately I know when it's a great song that I'm listening to because usually I only have time to listen to like 10 seconds of a song decide if it's decide if it's going to be on the show or not and then move on with my day and i know it sounds short but if you actually listen to 10 seconds of a song it's quite a bit um however i find that if i make it to like you know the three minute mark in a song i'm like okay this band's really good and i also found it was incredibly different from coma at the same time so i guess with regard to the ep as a whole lucidum what is this EP? What did you guys set out to create? Yeah, so like, uh, oh God, that's <laughs> that's a really good question. Like, we just wanted something that was completely no boundary. You know, like that's the whole that's the whole motto of this band. You know, like it's um, like we we take all of these influences and all of these elements, and we just kind of put everything in when when we're right when we're writing we follow everything that sounds good you know like i know some bands they're really really strictly into you know oh we're, we're like a trash metal band and we're a grunge band and we're like um whatever a, a pop punk band you know and they're very much in that box and in that writing style the rest of nation is way different like there's a lot of people involved there's a lot of elements involved you know there's a lot of influences so we try to take the whole thing in and we try not to fight uh, the creative process we just try we just kind of follow our instinct with it and see what comes out and that's why we work with so many different vocalists you know on on this ep there's five tracks and over the five tracks there's actually four different voices so that's why we have so many vocalists it's because every like there's so much diversification going on through the music that we want the vocalists to complement that so basically the goal with lucidum was just to write something uh, something unique, something different, and something honest. Um, one thing we really, really try not to do is regurgitate things that other bands have done. Like you can definitely hear our influences. You know, like we always say we love Nine Inch Nails, and we always say we love Tool, and all of these kind of bands. You can definitely hear them influences, but we sound absolutely nothing like any of them bands. It's like a weird kind of combination of everything. And I think like in, in, in today's day and age, you know, like when, when there's so much music going on, you know, there's there's so much on the Internet and everybody can do it themselves. And everybody like anybody can release something online. And um, it's it's just getting harder and harder to, to poke through and to stay original and to try and bring something unique. So that would be the underlying thing. It's just to always try and stay fresh, always try and push the boundaries and just and just try to stay interesting you know just don't go down the hole of falling into this genre where everything has been done to death you know just try and keep it fresh all the time i'm really glad that you brought that up because something that i was uniquely struggling with when i was listening to the the record was i'm immediately hearing like muse or i'm immediately hearing nine inch nails or i'm immediately hearing something but then you guys would morph and change in a way where all of a sudden well maybe not but it's uniquely still you and it's uniquely still fresh where I can, in fact, hear your influences, but I'm not hearing your influences. Yes, exactly. And that is exactly that is exactly the point. You, you hit the nail on the head. And it's so funny. You know, you said news there like we would never have 
Now, I have huge respect for Muse, you know, I loved them uh, back in the day, but like we, we would never have kind of cited Muse as a, as an influence. But there you go, you're, you're hearing something in there that reminds you of that. And that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do, you know? Very cool. Now, something you had mentioned was many different singers, and I'm just curious because I don't get very many – because of rock and metal, I typically don't get uh, many guest vocal spots on. It's just something that is kind of left for EDM and hip-hop, and yeah. something that makes EDM and hip-hop so popular – is the fact that they do that sharing scheme. And I would really love to see more of it in rock and metal. And especially bands who complain they're not getting enough exposure will just take a hit from rap and hip hop and EDM. They're constantly sharing each other. They're constantly, you know, um, doing guest vocal spots and whatnot. So I guess my question is with the idea that rock and metal bands are usually pretty introverted units, how do you yeah. go about finding vocalists? Yeah, like that's that's interesting. I know, like I'm so glad that you said kind of uh, EDM and, and hip hop. You know, like because uh, when like one of the big influences when starting this band, I, I actually came the band that I played in before Rest of Nation was um, was a trip hop band, like really kind of influenced by Massive Attack and Tricky and Portishead and all of these uh, types of things. So like Massive Attack would famously you know they'd be working with a lot of guest vocalists so that was that was there you know like that kind of idea was floating around in the subconscious somewhere and then when we when myself and chris started the band in 2014 we we we, we had a tight-knit unit but we just could not get uh, a singer it was so hard like we just couldn't couldn't get a singer and we, we we had written maybe seven or eight tracks in the first couple of months that we got together and um one day we were in the, the rehearsal studio uh, where we play, where we still are today, and there was a knock on the door, and in pops uh, Siobhan, who was a, a really good friend of mine, and she was I, I played in the band with her before, and she was uh, she was in there rehearsing with another band, and she was like, she's like, oh my, she's like, Timmy, this is you. I was like, yeah. She's like, oh my god, uh, th this sounds amazing. Can I do, like, what's the story with the band? And I was like, well, we have no we have no vocalist, but we're just jamming along. She said, can I can I jam witches? You know, we're like, of course. And she just jumped in and. She picked up the mic and like she started playing, uh, singing over one of her songs, and it actually became her very first single. It's called "It's Just the School," and it's on Spotify and everything. Uh, we released it in 2016, and it was just, we were just amazed by what she did on the track. It just sounded so awesome. And she said, "Well, if you're having trouble getting a vocalist, she said, oh, I'm too busy. I can't join the band. But why? Like all of your songs sound really different. You have this really expansive kind of diverse kind of sounds. Why don't you?" just have rest of nation as this big collaborative thing where you work with all of these different singers you know and we said oh that's that's a really interesting idea so straight away me and chris we started demoing absolutely everything and so we'd write a track and say oh um you know Vinny from limnetic villains would sound great on this track let's send that to him and see if he'll do a vocal or oh dave from realm kingdom will sound great on that track why don't we send that to him you know so so we started sending these uh the, the tracks to all these different people some of them were involved in kind of trip hop some of them were involved in r&b some of them some of them were involved in metal you know edm and the response was really really good like everybody came back and they said yeah i'd love to do this so they'd come into the studio they do that, do a demo, and if we were impressed with the vocal, we take it to the studio, record it properly in the recording studio, and then release it as a single. So, like the first four singles, uh, each of those tracks has has a, has a different vocalist on it, and then our first EP again, loads of different vocalists, and that's that's something that I'm so proud of with this band is that, you know, if you didn't know who we were, and I just stuck on, if, if I hit shuffle on our Spotify, 
you probably wouldn't guess that you were listening to the same band for 15 songs, you know? So that's what happened there. You know, we, that, that was the influence. It was purely because we couldn't get a singer. Uh, gigs then became a bit of a problem because not everybody is available to come and play gigs. So we, we got a lot of songs. We got about 25 songs together. And if we had a gig come up, we'd text all the singers who's available. And then I am, I am, I'm not, I'm not. And then we just build the set around whatever singer was available that night so what happened then and like this is why like our live show became such a thing every time you came to see us live the set was completely different and you never knew who was going to jump up on stage you know from from a crowd perspective it's it's always funny feedback we get you know oh i was just i was just there you know watching and enjoying the music and all of a sudden the guy beside me just jumps up on stage and sings this blistering tune you know i never expected that and we kind of got a bit of a name for ourselves uh, uh, by doing that you know and it was a really really cool experiment something that something unique something nobody had ever done before uh, on this scene anyway on the on the kind of hard rock and metal scene yeah no i mean completely uh, there's the odd time here and there but it's definitely not something that like i mentioned you know hip-hop where they're constantly doing that i mean from a canadian perspective drake wouldn't be anywhere where he is today if he hadn't done as much work doing guest vocals in his early years uh getting himself around meeting people making those contacts and uh yeah so i mean if anyone's in a band and are listening in, try doing some guest vocals. And then obviously, Timmy, you just gave us some some information. Reach out to bands, send them the track, and uh, see if they're willing to, to jam on it. Now, I guess my next question with regard to that is, how far along is the track when you send it to them? Is it still a demo? Is it mixed as an instrumental? Yeah, it's, it's basically like every song we write is written as an instrumental. And... Um, it's usually pretty complete, you know, it's um, like we would, yeah, for us it would be a complete song, but we always send it to the vocalist with a, um, with a, with a thing of, it's open-ended, you know, so if you want us to cut out a section, or if you want us to extend the verse, or extend the chorus, just, just tell us, we'll do whatever it takes to make the vocal work, but nine times out of ten, they'll just uh, do a vocal over exactly what they what they hear basically that's that's the way it works and and we'd have it then and we'd have it back from them with a full with a vocal demo over within uh, maybe a week or two wow very very yeah. cool stuff um, yeah now normally but, uh, so, so yeah sorry so just something else i'd like to add though so uh with, with this whole guest vocalist thing it just became um it, it was really cool for the time that it ran, but it just became really difficult to manage. So that's why on this EP uh, now we are a seven piece, you know, so we were originally, uh, there was originally four of us, we went down to three and now we've got seven. Uh, three of these seven are vocalists and they are now permanent vocalists. They all did guest work with us in the past, but they ended up being the most consistent, you know, they ended up being uh, there all the time. Uh, bringing back high quality material so then just a couple of months ago we asked them to officially be in the band and they said yes so now we're very happy we actually have a stable lineup for the first time in six years well congratulations and as my son would say that is genius this whole thing is genius and uh, <laughs> part of what makes that genius is you know you can test people uh, before you just fall in love with their falsetto and then find out that they're quite, quite a lot of falsetto Exactly. <laughs> and if anybody's in a band and listening in and they're they're recalling those times they've been duped by an otherwise great singer because of a you know a trial and a couple of songs, 
you know, there it is. Try some people out for a little bit, you know. Um, exactly. There's no rush, you know. Take your time. Get it. Get it. Get it. Sound them right, you know. Exactly. And you, I don't know. It's kind of weird with you saying that, you know, with your Irish accent. It just makes me feel very comfortable. Like I'm on a countryside somewhere, and you're just like, just take <laughs> take your time. There's no rush. Like you're right. There is no rush. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> now, normally this time of the year, uh, we'd be chatting about you know all those wonderful summer shows. Speaking of live shows and whatnot. Um, but that has not been going on for obvious reasons. So what have you guys been up to during this time? Has it pretty much just been, uh, marketing the EP since it's got a summer release date? Yeah. So like, it's, it's kind of, it's been a tree stager, uh, you know, at, at the very beginning, like, so, um, I'm not sure about, about you guys, but we kind of Ireland officially closed on the 13th of March, which was a Friday. So we kind of everything went into lockdown and then immediately i just went to our rehearsal studio and i took all of my stuff out and brought it all home and just set myself up here uh you know to be able to record some bits and and be able to write so i I spent like the first kind of six weeks or two months uh really just writing at home you know like using ableton which is the the electronic uh, software recording software that we use and it was cool we were kind of kicking around some ideas you know i might have a like a little bass line and i'll record it in and then send it off to chris and then he'd add his bits and you know we'd send it around and then a week or two later everybody put their bits on and then we have like a full song you know so so we kind of kept the creative process up and it was really really good but then coma came at the end of may and then lucidum came in june so we kind of uh, uh, put a, a lot of the kind of music making on hold, well, the rest of nation music making on hold, and um, really started to pushing out the the EP and the um, and the single, and that that went really well. It was just amazing to be able to actually have the time to sit down and dedicate to it, and put in the hours and contact and reach out to all these people. So it went really well. And now, what's amazing is our studio our rehearsal space has opened up again so we are really really happy we just got down yesterday actually um we got down there we kind of cleaned the room and hoovered it all out and set it all up nice and fresh you know and we had our first jam yesterday in like three months and we were just oh this is amazing now we can finally like start playing again you know so that's that's what's going to happen now for i'd say from now until the end of the year we're just going to play we're going to write uh we're going to get tighter than we've ever been you know because now we can go in like usually traditionally we'd have two two jam days during the week uh but at the moment now we'd be looking at maybe doing three or four four days a week so just pure creativity locked in our little studio there and just being really tight and but starting to look at doing some gigs next year you know so really trying to capitalize on the kind of international uh, attention that we've gotten and really just try to get out of Ireland and start playing a few shows across Europe and if we can get over there to, to get over to uh, America, uh, Canada would be absolutely incredible mm-hmm. Beautiful, alright well Timmy unless there's anything that I missed I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast John thank you so much, you're a legend man do you know that, you're a legend, did I say that in Canada? Uh, no, it's a very, very UK thing or <laughs> okay. I, 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 you know I, what it means yeah yeah Okay. Thank you very much, though. I appreciate it. I appreciate being called a legend. Thank you. Yeah, you're a legend, John. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully I can come on again uh, some other time, but maybe with some stories of gigs when everything gets back to normal, you know? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that.